Welcome back to episode number 34 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff the MP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice, and that is all of our voices. So keep those comments and questions coming. Giving me ideas for shows. I've got a couple of them that, that came in, and uh, one that was on the Facebook group that I just feel like, man, we really got to talk about this one because there's a lot of bad advice and a lot of information that is good, but not for, I think, the reasons that people are giving it. So, um, Wanted to also thank you guys. We hit 500 over the weekend. We hit it late last night. Is before Sunday was up. I was watching Walking Dead and and getting ready for the week. And uh, boom, saw the 500 mark hit. We're still at 500, so let's push for a thousand. Tell your friends. Keep keep the word getting out there. Now, there's a couple housekeeping things that that I've been told that I cannot tag or be tagged when you in Facebook as at the NP dude. But when when you type at and then the the name of whatever it is that you're doing, the person or the group or the 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 page, it should pull up the hyperlink and then you should be able to to tap on it and it will insert me in there so that way you can tag me. So if you guys see something like, "Ooh, hey, there's this issue over here. Hey, at the NP dude, check this out." Um that should work. Uh, I, I'm, it works for my personal page posting for the NP dude, but I'm being told by other people it's not working. I can't find why it's not working. I went through all the settings like three times last night. I couldn't figure it out. So um, I've got one person that said they couldn't do it. Somebody else tell me if you can do it or can't do it. So if, if you're if you're an avid listener and you really like the show and you want to spread the word, that's a great way to do it too. So let me know if you can do it, even if you just put – at the NP dude in Facebook and just say hi and and it'll, it should tag me and I should get that and you can put it on your main page or my page it doesn't matter I don't care where you put it buried in somebody else's it doesn't matter now if you're doing it in a group that I don't belong in I'm not sure if I'll I'll see that so that might be why it's not working because I might not be a member of that specific group so like if you're tagging me inside of some um, physician assistant group or something that you belong to I might not get that so I think that might be why too. But let's let's keep trying it. We'll keep trying to figure it out, and we'll go from there. Uh, but thanks again, guys, for for uh, getting me to that 500 mark. That's really impressive. I you know just started this not that long ago, and uh, 500 is a pretty big number of people. And so we're we're, we're getting some good reach out there. And I think we're getting some good information out to people. I'm answering questions that people have. Um, through a lot of messages, but there are things that I've already talked about. So it's a lot of, hey, go re-listen to this episode. I've already covered it, and I think I'm, I'm getting that information out there. But I got a new one today. So the new one today was a Facebook discussion that came in from somebody that seems like they're, they, they have subordinates working for them, practitioners that are subordinate to them, and they had this issue. A patient comes in and says, I want to sign a release of records from a previous specialty. And you're at the primary care office. And they sign the release of records so that the information will be sent from specialty, whatever it is. Let's just call it dermatology. I have no idea what the, the specialty is. We're going to call it dermatology. Dermatology sends the records that's, you know, 5, 10 years old. Who knows how old it is to the primary care office, your office. But they tell you that they're doing it so that they could get the information for a lawsuit against that other practitioner, that special specialist or dermatology or whoever it is. They tell you this. They say, I'm, I'm suing them, but I want to get the records, and I don't want to alert them to the, the fact that they are um, you know, in a potential lawsuit, and I want the records, but I want the records to come to you. And that puts the primary care 
practitioner right in the middle of this crap, right? So what's going to happen? How do I handle this? What do I do with this? All, all that good stuff. Well, the hypothetical in the in the Facebook page said there was no need for the use of that information by the primary care practitioner, period. What do you do? And I think th it really depends. And that's what I said in my answer was it depends. It really depends. Because if there is no reason for the primary care practitioner to have that information, you have no reason to get that, get your hands on that and be involved with that litigation. My recommendation for that specific instance would be tell that person that they need to either contact the previous provider, the specialist, and request the records. If there's a fee associated with it, you're going to have to pay the fee because I have no need for this information, and you just need to be honest with them. Now, here's the problem with that. As a primary care provider, you need all of the information. So I can't think of an instance where it would not be appropriate for you to have that information. You need every consult, everything. So when somebody comes into me that's brand new to me and says, Hey, I've, you know, I got this history of skin cancer from, you know, 1997, you know, and, and, uh, Dr. Jones down there, I'm not sure how he did on it. I might sue him, uh, over this, which statute of limitations, it's not that old, right? Go back and listen to my malpractice one. So the statute of limitations, it might not be that old of information, even though they're saying it's old in the hypothetical. The problem is, is that you still need all that information. It should be part of your record. That's that's the first issue that I have with this is I can't think of one instance as a primary care practitioner that I wouldn't want that information so I could look at it, evaluate it, and see did they do something that, you know, was there a weird treatment that was involved? Maybe the information was more extensive than what the patient's telling you it is in their history and you need it could change your treatment plan or they need to get to a different consult like now or is it um, maybe not a big deal at all? Maybe they removed a freckle off this guy and and um, he thinks it's, you know, skin cancer was caused by a freckle. And so, you know, you not that you're going to, you know, give a consultation to the patient about their previous provider. You're not going to say anything about it because you don't want to get deposed on this one. We talked about depositions in the past. You don't want to touch this. You're going to treat them for what they have problems with, but you need to know what it is so that it may change your treatment plan. And if you aren't asking for records when you should be, that is negligence. <laughs> you need to ask for records. You need to get release of records. Now, whether you get that information or not is a different story, but your standard of care is if you know about something that this patient has gone through that requires enough treatment that a doctor could screw up and be sued over, you need to know about that. As a provider, yes, it stinks that you're going to be, you know, kind of caught in the middle of this, but you kind of need to know what's going on with that other, that other physician or practitioner or whatever it was, the dermatology guy. Okay, so that's one thing. Now, another thing I saw in this, this thread that was kind of a common theme with a bunch of people was, no, I'm not going to give my records. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up. My records? Whose records are these? They're the patient's records. We are the custodian of their health information. And if you think that your, those are your records, you're very, very wrong. Very wrong. And if you have that attitude with a patient or an attitude with an attorney, they're going to string you up.
<laughs> so I'm just warning those people out there that are saying, those are my records. No, they're not your records. They're their patient's records. You are the custodian. You are just holding them. Now, you can charge for the production of those records, which means you're paying for the paper. You're paying for the time of the staff to, to, to get those pulled together. But you are not the owner of the information. That is theirs. And HIPAA says it, and pretty much all of the other laws I've ever seen. And if you, if you think for one second that that is your record, you're full of crap. I mean, you're the one that's creating the, the record, but it's their health information. They own it. They have every right to it. If you withhold that, that's, that's, you're, you're playing with fire. That's just my opinion on it. Now, you can charge for it. So you could say, here, I printed out 500 pages and a, a ream of paper costs this much and my time for my staff to pull together and me to check to make sure everything was in there and that we weren't missing something or you were getting duplicates, you know, whatever. That time, we're going to charge you, you know, 10 or 15 cents a page. Comes out to be a decent chunk of money. Could be 60, 75 bucks. And you have a big piece of paper sitting there and you have it in a, an envelope that's, you know, marked with maybe their medical record number on it or no name on the outside. So they can't, you know, can't get in trouble with HIPAA. And, and when they come to pick it up, you say, okay, write me a check for $75 and I will hand you over the papers. Otherwise, you have to be subpoenaed to get it. Now, do you really want to go that route? Do you really want to be subpoenaed to give out medical information? That that looks like you're hiding something. And as an attorney, I would say, man, why are they trying to hide this? Okay, so that's that's one issue. Now, here's the other issue that I see that's a potential problem with this situation. So, say you sign, they, they sign the release of records, um, and and have said, I want you to to request these records for your information. Regardless of what the intent of, of their use is, whether they want to just use it as a backdoor way to get the information without letting the other person know, or you know any of this trickery that you feel like you're being used by the attorney, you are being used by the attorney <laughs> or the patient. It, it's it's true, but it still doesn't mean that you don't need that information. Now, once you obtain the information, this is a different scenario. So now, let's assume that you now have. This, this dermatology record in your file and you have the patient saying, I want all of my records, including that of the physician that I think did wrong and I'm going to sue. And they tell you this. Can you say, no, you have to go get those records from that other person? Well, you can say that just to say, you know what, you might want to go get those from them because I can't guarantee that you gave, they gave me everything. I can't guarantee that. I might just only have one or two of the of the reports of the, you know, encounters. So would you really want to just rely on the stuff that I'm giving you? Or would you want to do, go right to the source and say, I need all this information. So you could explain it that way to the patient and say, you know, I, I'll give you everything I got on you, but I, I don't know if that's everything they, everything they gave me is everything that, that exists. I don't know. And that could be dangerous for you. If you plan on suing, you might want to just go talk to them and get the information. So that's what I would say right off the bat. But can you withhold those other reports? You can't. You really can't because it's part of your record now. You saw the report. Usually you initial it and date that you saw it, when you saw it. So that's part of the record of, of your record. 
Now, you could say, well, that's not my opinion. Well, that's true anyways. A lawyer is going to look at that and say, well, I know that the primary care doc didn't have anything to do with this. But that doesn't mean that if you didn't look at something and didn't review it properly, and you should have, that you're not negligent. So that's why it's important that whenever you see consult reports come in, that you actually read them <laughs> and, and make sure that you understand them. And if you see something, here's, here's a good example. Patient comes in, um, kidney pain, flank pain, back pain, uh, not sure what it is, history of kidney issues, look at their last uh, CMP, and their, their, their uh, GFR was like, say, 70. Okay, so it was it was trending down. Well, let's get another CF. Let's get another CMP, and we're going to check and see what your GFR is. And it's forty. You consult them to nephrology appropriately, and you um, and you send them out for an ultrasound just to make sure they don't have stones or something because they're having flank pain, something like that, right? So you send them out. You get your ultrasound. It comes back with um, you know a mass in the liver when they did their abdominal ultrasound. Okay, you got a mass or something, something weird, right? But it's not in the kidney. So the kidney doctor does their consult, and you do everything like that, and they think, man, I, I got this mass. No one tells them about it. <laughs> you're supposed to tell them about that, and you're supposed to say, let's get you to you know, GI so they can take a look at this mass and maybe biopsy it or surgeon or whatever. You know, let's let somebody else figure out what they got to do with this mass. So sometimes it does matter when you get those consult reports because it might be incidental things that you need to send them out for. And so it might not be nephrology that was really at fault anyways. So it is their record. They're, they have every right to it. And even though it's a consult report that maybe comes in from someone else and it's old and you got your hands on it, you got to give it. If you don't give it, I talk a lot about spoliation of evidence. I've, if, if you're new to listening to me, go back and listen to all the shows. I mean, it's if there's stuff, stuff in there that doesn't apply to you, skip it or, or fast forward through it. But the legal stuff alone, I think, is worth its weight in gold in, in my podcast. And I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just trying to give good advice to people that um, you know you want to be really careful when you're doing documentation and really careful when you're reviewing your records to make sure that you're not missing things. And it takes a lot of time. I spend a lot of time on my documentation and um, not over-documenting the things, but making sure that I'm covering and closing the loops and things like that. And this is one of those situations that you need to make sure that when you are asking for consults or, or when they're coming to you, regardless if you're asking for it for you know, intended purposes of treatment, you've got to read them. And you got to make sure that what's in there is appropriate and that the patient's getting managed. So that that's, was it's kind of a scary one to me that people are saying, no, don't ask for those reports. And other people are saying, no, don't send those, don't give them those reports because they're not yours to give. Well, it is yours to give. It's the patient's record. It doesn't matter how it gets to you. If it's their patient, it's their information, they have every right to it. And if you withhold that, you could be in trouble for spoliation of evidence and not giving. And now spoliation is destruction of, but not giving the information is like one step close away from being spoliating. You're almost to that point. You know, certainly don't delete that stuff. And if you get the subpoena from from the, the court system, you got to give it anyways. They will get the information from you one way or another. Why would you make? Why would you be a jerk about it? I, I just I don't understand that philosophy. We don't give out records. No, okay. <laughs> we don't give out other consult persons' records. Bullcrap. That's a bad bad policy. Now, does that make your your um, 
your consults feel a little uncomfortable with you, maybe that you're giving out those records, but they should fully expect at any time that the patient's record, it's their record, that it should be in the hands of the patient at any time. You should fully expect that. No matter what I put in this record, I fully expect that the patient's going to be able to read every single word of it, as well as their lawyer and a jury. <laughs> That's the way you do document. If you document that way, then you're going to be safe. You know, I mean, you're not going to always be, you may screw up someday and not document something, but if you treat everything as though it's going to be seen by everyone in the world and it's going to be waved on a flag above your head for the rest of your life, then you will always document as good as you can. So that, that was, that one scared me a little bit. No, no offense to those of you guys that were saying, yeah, don't give it because that very well, it may be the policy that, that, uh, your office has, but man, oh man, that's, that's. Not really the smartest way to go, in my opinion. Now, check your state. You may be different in your state, but, man, oh, man, I think it's it's pretty consistent everywhere that that document, the document itself is not the patient's information in the document is. It's a, it's a fine line, but it's there. And if you don't give the information, you could give the information in other ways. Uh, you could put on a flash drive and a PDF everything. You can fax it to their home if they have a fax machine and are living in the 1980s or 90s. You can fax it to them. Uh, you know, I mean, so you don't have to necessarily produce the papers and do it that way, but that you have to be able to convey the information in a meaningful way that proves that you did it. And I would document the crap out of the fact that I did it. So in this instance, I would document in my encounter with the patient, patient is requesting information. I would document it exactly the way they're asking it in quotes. And I would tell them exactly in the plan. I would say, um, patient educated that policy of the office is to charge X per page, and we will be glad to provide that information as soon as payment for such is available. And we'll come up with a price. We'll, we'll get the total number of pages that it's in the record, and we'll give them a price, and and we'll produce the documents. And if you spend the energy and the time and then they come in and say, well, we don't want that now because we can't afford 75 bucks. Then you say, that's fine. Um, we're going to we'll put it on a shelf. When you're ready to pay for it, we'll give it to you. Whatever. Eat the cost, right? I mean, there's, there's cost to doing business, but you know, what are you going to do? It's their information. You got to give them their information. You can't withhold it. It's bad, bad advice. Now, if there's, if there is a reason, someone tell me why there would be a reason in primary care that you would not want something that's that's close enough in time that it's still within the statute of limitations that you don't think it would be pertinent for you to know as a history for treatment of a patient, and in, in, and maybe incidental information that's found in that in that consult report. Ugh. I, I kind of want to know, <laughs> especially if it's a big enough deal that they're getting sued over. Because guess what? You might be named too. And if you go in blind being named in a suit because you didn't know and you should have known, man, you can cover your butt now. And they might find you to be the hero. And be, you know they, they might be your best patient after that. Maybe the other guy did screw up really bad. Yeah, and, it's, and it is justified. It scares me. Okay. So if I beat up on that one too much, I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to be mean to people, but I just I really think it's important enough that we talk about it. Another issue that came up, let's see, this was a question that came up, and it was um, kind of on this vein, and so since it's in the similar world, I'll, well, let's, let's talk about it. And it was, 
the patient that comes into your office and knows everything about what they have and how to treat it and what they should expect. And um, if you don't do it, then they trash you, right? You, you're health, you get rated on health grades and they say you're a piece of crap because you didn't give them all the things that they, you know, the MRI that they think they need for their back pain or whatever it is. And it's completely not warranted, right? So that's the question. How do you handle this? And so this is the situation is that you got to build the rapport with the patient first, which is difficult. You need to explain what the situation is for the patient. And then you need to explain what the normal treatment is and what the process is. And then you got to get them to buy into it. So I'll I'll say, okay, here's what I would like to do. What is it that you think? Why do you think you need that? Turn it right back on them. Here, I have, here's an example. Somebody comes in and says, I need an x-ray of my leg. I need an x-ray. You get a, you get a call that says, I need an order for an x-ray. Just send it in. <laughs> no, I need to see you so that I can verify if I need to give an x-ray or not, period. I'm not just going to order an x-ray blindly and then have somebody you know, from radiology calling me all night while I'm on call trying to tell me, uh, I don't even know what the diagnosis is for this. Why are we doing this? Because they're not going to get paid, and you're not going to get paid, and you're, you look like an idiot in the community. So you have the patient come in. You say, why do you need an x-ray of your knee? What's the problem? Because you need that history. You need that, that, that history of present illness so that you can justify knee pain or whatever it is. I fell down the stairs after you know partying too much or whatever. Okay, doesn't matter. Or I slipped and fell on the ice, and I, I hit my knee. Okay, now we got something to work with. Now I can document that. I can get you an order for your knee. Okay, but you need to have the plan. You have to discuss with them what it is. Now, specific instances, there's a billion of them, right? So somebody comes in and says, I need an MRI because uh, my my ear hurts or something that's really blatantly, obviously not required. You look in their ear, you see infection, you say, look, you have an ear infection. I'm not going to write for an MRI. It's not going to get paid for. I'm not going to go through the process of a prior authorization form and have it denied. It's a waste of my time and it's a waste of your time and it's not going to happen. So I'm telling you point blank, no. And I've, I've been successful being blunt with people. People usually don't challenge me <laughs> and, they, and they have no idea I'm an attorney, by the way. I don't tell any of my patients that. No one knows. And I'll never tell them. And I've told, I've instructed the, the staff to, to not tell people as well. It's no one's business. <laughs> because the last thing I want is patients coming into my office and scheduling time because they got a cough. And it turns out they want to ask me a question about their you know, auto accident that they had three years ago and whether they can sue. Or, you know, here, can you sign these papers saying I get disability because, you know, I don't want to hire an attorney. I'm going to have my my engineer, lawyer, nurse practitioner do it. Not, that's not what I do. And I, I don't want to fill my time with legal consults with, that are inappropriate that I give them advice. So anyways, that, that, that's how I, how I kind of handle it. Just, I confront the crap out of everything. If I see an issue with something, I don't wait. I don't let it fester. I don't let it boil. I don't shy away from it. I confront it head on and I tell them, look, I'm the practitioner here. I'm not going to prescribe something that is inappropriate. These are the standards that we use. Tell me why you think you need it. Now, sometimes they say, well, I've, done, I've been down this road before and this doesn't work and that hasn't worked and this doesn't work. And, and so maybe they do have good information and they do have a good reason for what they've, they're asking for, but they're not conveying it right. So it's our job to kind of tease that out from them so that we can get the right information, be able to treat them the right way. Because maybe they do need it that way. I don't know. Sometimes they, they got it right. 
But if you get somebody that says, I saw on WebMD that this sore throat is in, you know, I need an antibiotic and it's been one day and they've got no symptoms of a bacterial infection and, you know, low grade temp and, you know, and it's just, it's obvious that it's not, you know, we, we'll, we'll swab you for strep just to make sure. You swab them and it's negative. We're not giving you an antibiotic. Come back in a week to 10 days. Sorry. If it gets worse, then give, give me a call and we'll, we'll reevaluate you, but you need to come in so I can see you. So I can look for symptoms of bacterial infection, but I'm not going to just categorically give it out, right? And so you just you, I confront it head on. That's my advice. Always, always, always do have the hard discussions. Do it right away. If they don't like the way that you are with that, then you can always tell them, look, you know, if you want to schedule with one of the other providers because you think that I'm too stern when you when you're confronting me with these things, that's fine. I have no problem with that, but. Here, I, I'm looking out for the best interest of you. If you don't like that, then you know sometimes we you just need a different different provider. But I I don't bend. <laughs> I don't bend on things. If I think I'm right and I know I'm right, and it's obvious, and somebody doesn't like that answer, you know, yeah. Here's another situation. I, I somebody that just refuses to go to a consult, and I keep telling them you need to go to this consult. You got to go to the consult. Gotta go. And I'm not going to use names, and I'm not. And I'm bending the situation a little bit so there is no HIPAA violation here because it's not really a consult it's for something else but it's a consult okay and they don't want to do it and they keep coming back to me and, I'm, and, I, and I just I'll say you know what you're a big person you, you can make your own choices I've expressed enough inf you know that you need to go do this I've documented that I've done it you can't hold me accountable for this if something happens to you here's the what's going to happen I've explained those to you I've documented that I've explained this to you. I am perfectly covered. Your heirs can't sue me. <laughs> your, your, your family members can't sue me for your death. I'm protected. <laughs> and I'll, I've told people that. Uh, you, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. That's up to you. But I've explained why it's important. And, and some people just aren't going to do it. Just document it. That's all. Try not to lose sleep over it. You can worry about it all you want. But if somebody's a big person and they don't want to take care of themselves, you can't control that. So that was a fun one. I, you know, I, I, I get nervous when I see a lot of advice that's like all over the place. And those are the, the, those opinions with, well, I think it's this and I think it's that. And this is my opinion on this stuff too. But my opinion has a little bit, I think, of clout because of what I've done and what I've seen in, the, in my past. If you haven't listened to my intro, go back to episode one, listen to my intro, learn a little bit more about me. And that way you can say, well, that guy's full of crap, but maybe I am full of crap, but I've got a lot of background to, to you know, fill up my crap bag. <laughs> so go back and listen to the intro listen to the other shows keep keep sharing guys we got uh the 500 likes is awesome i'm really really proud of that you guys are a great community really having a lot of fun with with talking to you guys and and uh getting a lot of emails you can always email me jeff at the npdude.com you can comment below you can also comment on the facebook page i did change the facebook page a little bit so there were some weird posts in there they're like, I, you know, Jeff has updated the website and things. I just kind of cleaned it up a little bit, and it reposts it. One of the things I did is I changed it to an organization and a local business, which it's not. But I did it because that way you guys can do a rating system. So there is now a rating system on my Facebook page. There's also rate rating on the iTunes as well. So go to iTunes. Tell your friends to listen on iTunes. If you're ready for a nap and um, you don't care anything about healthcare stuff or nurse practitioner stuff, Tell a friend to listen to me, and I'll put you right to sleep. I'll talk like this more so you guys can fall asleep. If that's what you want, tell me you want me to talk more monotone, and I will. Whatever. So um, 
Keep listening. Keep sharing. Check me out on iTunes. Having a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, guys, and we will talk soon.